Good morning. Welcome to you and to those listening on the radio this morning. What a beautiful, nice, cool morning on this spring morning for graduation Sunday. There was a note in my uh, uh, email from management, I guess. Pastor Joel would be sharing about the weddings and babies born this week. I'm thinking, why does he get all the fun stuff? (laughs) Oh, well, what a joyful time to many families and into our church community here with all those. There are many uh, things happening in our church and the announcements, so please look over those. A few to point out, we welcome Shannon and Lee Helton from Tanner's Romania Mission to First Church this morning. They will be sharing an update with us and will be available after church. We also welcome our graduating class of 2017. Congratulations, you guys. We'll miss you. Don't go too, don't go too far. The boot jug is on the step to support Agape Summer Food Program for Auglaise County children. Today is the last day for that. That's to help the, uh, you know, the lunch programs and, 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 and meals for them over the, over the summer. Uh, next Sunday, Pastor Joel will be on vacation. Pastor Kim will be here as our guest pastor. Um, last item, VBS is coming. There are, uh, it's not too late to register. There are forms at the door and on our website. So if you have some, some kids we know of that would like to participate in that, please get them signed up. There's a meeting in the ministry center for all VBS teachers and helpers this Thursday at 6.30. Please let Tori know if you're unable to make it. Thank you for all those who bake cookies. You can start to drop those off on Friday. So that's coming. Would you please rise and join me in the call to worship? The call to worship this morning is taken from Hebrews. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and have since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with a heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confessions of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now let's sing hymn number 405, I believe in the blue hymnal, My Faith Has Found a Resting Place.
Thank you, Kay, for leading that in our opening this morning. It's good to have you back. Next to Children's Chat, please greet one another while they come up for Children's Chat. Good morning. Oh, how many of you were at graduation parties this weekend already? Oh, you look like the people out there. Did you have fun? How many of you graduated from preschool? You did. Wonderful. How many of you graduated from kindergarten? Uh, <laughs> and they had sixth grade graduation, and they have eighth grade graduation, and we have the seniors graduating today. Busy weekend. Well, I'm going to talk to you about a man who graduated from college. And that's what some people do after they graduate from high school. Let's see what happens and what he does with his gifts, okay? A young man was getting ready to graduate from college. And for months, he looked at this really awesome car that he wanted. And he looked at it very often. And he told his dad he'd really like that for his graduation present because he knew his dad could afford it. So he looked at it and looked at it and looked at it. Well, graduation day came, and Dad told him, come into my study. The boy was really excited, because what did he think he was going to get? A car, that car, the awesome car. So his father came, had him come in. His father said how proud he was. He was so proud of the man he's become, and he loved him so very much. And he handed his son a beautifully wrapped box. Well, that's not exactly what he wanted, was it? He opened the box up, and inside was a Bible. Oh, he got angry. He got so angry. He yelled at his dad, and he says, with all your money, you gave me a Bible? And he stormed out of the house. And he didn't talk to his dad again. He was so angry. Because what did he want? He wanted that car. Well, a lot of years passed when he didn't talk to his dad. And he thought, well, my dad's really getting old now. I really need to go and, and, and talk to him and put this behind us. Well, before he was able to do that, his dad passed away, which made him very sad. So when he went to the house to help sort through things, what did he find? He found the box that was his graduation gift years before, the Bible. So he opens it up, and he's feeling really sad because his dad's gone now. He opens the Bible up. It was a leather Bible. Had his name on the outside. It was just absolutely gorgeous Bible. And he sees that there was a place marked in there in Matthew. And it says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, Give good things to those who ask. And he sat and he thought about that. And he flipped through the Bible. And what did he find? Car keys. To that car that he wanted all those years before. Had the same dealer on it. It had the same 
color, everything. He messed up, didn't he? Pretty big time, didn't he? Sometimes we're so worried about getting those worldly things that we overlook other blessings. Then he really had to talk to God quite a bit after that. So don't overlook the blessings God has for you. Because there are surprises in places that we don't know about. Those young people sitting out there in those caps and gowns, they used to sit down here too. And now look where they're going. And God will be their shield for the years to come. And there will be a lot of blessings for them. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, bless these young children and these young adults as they continue through their lives. Let them not overlook the blessings you have so ready for them that we could become so interested in worldly things that we lose sight of what's really important. We pray that you, that we can show your love to everyone around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's an exciting time this morning. Uh, we have some of our missionaries with us that we support, um, and I was just getting a chance to meet them and, and visit with them before the service, and uh, they told us that at Tanner Romanian Mission, uh, we've been, as a church have been supporting them since the very beginning, and what a blessing to, to be able to see them here and to hear from them and hear how, how our gifts and our prayers have, have uh, blessed them and uh, the ministry that they have. So at this time, I'd love to invite Lee and Shannon Helton forward. Um, they're going to take a few minutes to share with us about uh, what's going on in Romania and how we can continue to pray and support them in their in the gift in the ministry that God has given them. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Um, during children's chat, uh, Carolyn said that there are surpri- surprises out there in places that we don't know about. And that got me thinking, and uh, with it being graduation week, and so uh, what I was thinking about was that with, with the graduates, um, so there are places out there that you don't know about, and being that my wife and I live abroad, we're full-time missionaries in Romania, uh, I'd just like to encourage you, for those of you that have not traveled abroad, that you consider doing so at some point in your life, because there are surprises out there that you may not know about. Um, hello, I'm Lee Helton. My wife, Shannon, and I are here to share about Tanner Romania Mission. First Church of New Knoxville has been such a blessing to TRM over the years, and I am thrilled to be able to give you an update on how you are impacting a small village 5,000 miles away. Tanner Romania Mission was founded in 1991 by Bruce and Sandy Tanner to address the overwhelming number of orphans living in horrific conditions in Romania. Shannon and I joined her parents, Bruce and Sandy, in 2005, working together in Nicaragua to ensure the continuation of TRM and to see it grow for his glory. I have primarily been working with the boys at Casa Rachel. While we make time to have fun activities, the more able boys there are big helpers when it comes to maintenance tasks. A few of our projects this past year were a new fence at Casa Elizabetha, We painted the house Shannon and I live in. 
and we cleaned up fallen trees caused by a freak snowstorm in late April. I am able to use each project as a learning tool for the boys, and these tasks provide a productive outlet for their energy. Shannon manages Kazahana, where the severely disabled live. They are unable to walk, talk, or do anything for themselves. When she first arrived, she wanted to do something that would improve their quality of life and quickly realized that they all enjoyed music. She began to play music and sing with them two times a day. This has become her favorite activity at the mission, where she is rewarded with smiles and laughter. Before moving to Romania, Shannon had very little experience with the severely disabled. In January of 2016, staffing circumstances changed at the mission, and it became necessary for her to take over the management of Casahana. This was a frightening task to undertake, but after a year and a half, we are happy to report that God gave her the skills she needed to keep everyone alive and happy. This is a perfect example of the saying, God does not call the prepared, he prepares the called. Bruce and Sandy are still with the four girls at Casa Elizabetha. Bruce is fluent in Romanian, so he stays busy with all the government interactions required to keep the mission going. We could not have received our visa to stay in Romania without his hard work to get it done. In addition to dealing with all the paperwork, he is the pastor of our church on Sunday service and still finds time to keep up with each resident at the mission. Sandy has been ill the past few months and had to have surgery in March to remove her gallbladder. She was just recently released from the hospital for severe kidney problems. Her recovery is going slower than we expected, and we request continued prayer that God brings her back to full health. Since we arrived in Nicaragua, the outreach program has expanded greatly. It has become a consistent source of assistance to not only the community of Nicaragua, but to all its surrounding villages. We are able to currently supply those in need food, clothing, school supplies, medicine, and household goods. Since we arrived, we have been able to assist over 400 people. In addition, we are currently supplying staple foods to 30 families once a month. Shannon and Anka travel to our outreach families' homes to deliver the food, as none have any mode of transportation. Many of the people are elderly, so this gives them the opportunity to visit and keep up with their well-being. During the holidays, our outreach program was able to provide over 150 gift bags to those that would have otherwise have had no gifts for Christmas. During the Easter season, we partnered with the local priest and provided gift bags that he would hand out as he met with the locals, offering prayers and blessings. As the bags were prepared, it occurred to us that those who support the mission will never be able to see all the joy and smiles it brings to the faces of those that are helped. Shannon and I only also see a small percentage of those that receive assistance. Our goal is that God is the only one who gets the credit for every bag of clothes, box of food, or gift bag given. May each of you know that by supporting TRM, you are putting a smile on God's face as his love is shared in rural Romania all year long. The past year was filled with many whole mission activities. In the summer, we loaded up three vehicles and took everyone to the park in the nearest city for a fun-packed picnic. To celebrate fall, we carved pumpkins and donned our costumes for a Halloween party. 
In November, we had a Thanksgiving dinner to give God the glory for his continued provision for us all in Romania. On December 1st, we helped celebrate Romania's National Day. Christmas time meant cookies to bake and the most important activity, celebrating the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Just last month, we celebrated our first Easter in Romania. Bruce was happy to oversee his favorite activity, egg coloring and egg hunt. Easter Sunday, we held a lovely church service with dinner afterwards. Although our residents are spread out in three different homes, we work hard to have activities that bring everyone together to encourage the feeling of being in a family. So for those of you that are numbers people, in addition to the 22 young adults that are taken care of at the mission, we have 10 Romanian women who work for us that are for the most part the sole earners in their household. When we add their families to all the families in our outreach program, that means you are helping to keep over 40 families fed and clothed each month. That makes a total of over 250 people that are positively impacted monthly by TRM answering God's call to serve his people in Romania. TRM would not exist without the faithful support of God's people here in America. We look forward to another year serving him in Nicaragua and want to thank everyone here for making that possible. May God bless you abundantly for your continued faithfulness. Thank you. And thank you, Lee, for being here and as well, Shannon, uh, to share. Yeah, if you'd like to come forward, that would be great. Um, not only do we support them financially, but I hope that, that we support them with our prayers as well. And so as we go into our prayer time today, uh, I'd love to, to lift up a prayer for them and their ministry and encourage you to continue to do that uh, as we support them as well. Uh, in addition to, to praying for them, there's lots of needs um, in the church. Some of the names that, are, that we are praying for are listed in your bulletin. I encourage you to be lifting them up as well. And, and also take the time to thank God for all of the exciting and joyful things that are happening in our lives as well. Brian already alluded to the fact that, that there's several exciting things going on for families uh, this past week. Uh, weddings uh, and babies being born. Uh, Morgan Reineke and Zach Strayer were married, as well as Megan Little and Nathan Quist. Uh, Megan has a lot of exciting stuff going on. She'll be graduating from college here soon as well. So lots of reasons uh, for excitement and, and congratulations there. There's also two babies were born, a baby girl, uh, Caroline, born to Haley and Marshall Miller, as well as a baby boy born to Mad- Maddox, excuse me, born to Nicole and Josh Brown. So lots of exciting things to thank God for, as well as these other needs to lift up to him. So let's let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, I thank you so much that, that uh, Lee and Shannon from, from Tanner's Romanian Mission were able to be here this morning to just give us an update about all that you are doing through their ministry in Romania. I pray that you continue to provide for them, um, not only financially, Lord, but also give them, uh, give them energy, give them uh, faith, Lord, give them courage to continue to serve you in this way. It's not easy, uh, and, and, and I pray that you would just give them the blessing of your spirit. Uh, encouraging and supporting them and all that they and all those who they work with um, at this mission. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, just continue to work through them, allow them to continue to reach these these individuals and these families, Lord, in Romania, um, providing for them, uh, Lord, physically, but also, Lord, I pray that you would use them um, to spread your gospel and your grace and your love uh, throughout that country. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would just provide and, and continue to, to lift them up and, and that not only we here at First Church, but other churches and other individuals who support them 
Lord, would not would be able to provide for them financially as well as through prayer and, and encouragement as well. Uh, Lord, we also lift up these other concerns that were uh, listed for us in the bulletin. We pray that you would uh, meet the needs of those in our church and our community, Lord, and whatever need they have. And Lord, uh, we also want to remember to thank you and praise you for answered prayers and for the joyous moments in our lives. So we thank you for for new marriages and pray that you would be a blessing for them and and that you would uh, ground their relationship uh, with each other um, and also, Lord, their relationship in you. Um, And also, Lord, for these new children born, we thank you for the gift of life and pray that you would uh, raise these children up to be healthy and strong, to know, to love, and to serve you. We pray all these things in the name of Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Those helping with the offering, please come forward at this time. Uh, the offering this morning is, is going to support the 3C construction project in Kusel, Germany. Um, as you know, there's a, a group from our church that's forming, um, including myself and, and eight others at this time, that are going to be going to, to help with this project. Uh, this is a normal uh, project that we've been supporting uh, through, our, through our designated offerings, and the money that is collected today is going directly to the mission. It's, I just wanted to, to let that be known that the, the money that's collected today is not going to support the team that's going, but it's going to support the mission itself. Um, and so that's what we are, are looking to support today. And as special music today, Bob Grimes is here to sing Scars and Stripes. Justice and victory. 
remain standing for our scripture reading this morning it comes from the book of Psalms chapter 33 verses 16 through 22 no king is saved by the size of his army no warrior escapes by his great strength a horse is a vain hope for deliverance despite all its great strength it cannot save 
But the eyes of the Lord are those who fear him, on those who hope in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. You'd now join us in the hymn 350, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus.
seated. Before we dive into our sermon today, I just want to take a moment and and acknowledge uh, Memorial Day weekend and and be grateful to God for those who have given their lives to to ensure many freedoms today that we often take for granted, even the freedom to gather and worship together as we are doing this morning. Um, we have that freedom of religion, freedom to gather because of the sacrifice that many people made on our behalf. Um, so we want to acknowledge those who, who gave that ultimate sacrifice for this country and to ensure many freedoms that we have today and thank God for that. And in doing so, we are also, uh, want to, I also want to take the time to acknowledge those, um, who have served, who, who are here with us today that have served in the armed forces and have, um, done that. So if you are, if you are a veteran, um, I encourage you to just raise your hand, uh, stand, whatever you want to do. We want to thank you and acknowledge you for your service today. Thank you very much, and thank God for your service. Let's pray, um, and thank God for all those who have, who have given their lives to ensure the many freedoms we have today. Father, thank you for, for those who have uh, felt the call, felt the duty, Lord, to go and to, to fight on our behalf, Lord, um, to put themselves in harm's way, to ensure many freedoms today, the Lord, that we have, even the freedom to gather and to worship you in, in safety and without fear of being persecuted, Lord. And let, Many brothers and sisters in Christ around this world do not have that same uh, freedom. And so, Lord, we don't want to take it for granted, along with the many other blessings that we have because of the fact that we are blessed to live in this country. Thank you, Lord, for those who have given their lives, Lord, on our behalf. And, and also, Lord, thank you for those who served and are still with us today. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. This morning is our last message uh, in our sermon, uh, sermon series about how, how the, the death and resurrection of Christ changes everything, how it impacts our lives. And we've ran through a, a series of changes that take place. And for the last one that we're looking at today, that will be very appropriate given it is graduation Sunday. Um, we move from despair to hope. We move from, from this feeling of, of despair, which is the loss of all hope and confidence, to having hope and confidence because of what Christ has done for us. See, despair can be caused by a lot of reasons, uh, but I think a lack of purpose or meaning is, is a main factor. No hope or confidence whatsoever in what the future may hold. You see, hope and despair, they're both future-oriented, uh, future-oriented mindsets. They're not dependent on our current circumstances. See, we can be the most successful, rich, prosperous people in the world and still be lost in despair and have no hope. And yet we can also be the, the most despised, the most, um, the most poor, the most unfortunate people in the world and be filled with hope. See, hope and despair, they're not based on our current situations or our current circumstances. They're based on what the future holds for us. When we preached through Philippians last fall, we came across these verses. Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. See, Paul realized that, that our current circumstances, while they may, be, they may be good or they may be bad, they may be hard, they may be easy, our ultimate joy, our ultimate contentment, our ultimate hope is not in what we are currently facing, but what the future holds for us. And if we have lost that perspective, if we can't focus on the, 
on what Christ has done for us and the hope and the future that that brings, we can be easily lost to despair. And despair does some pretty um, unfortunate things for us. There's some, there's some consequences, some side effects of being lost in despair. And I'm not, uh, I have a few listed here, and I'm not saying that this is an exhaustive list by any means. I'm not, and, and I just think these are some consequences. These are some of the results of, of losing hope and losing the focus that we can have in Christ. First, when, when we are lost in despair, we have the desire, the tendency to simply just give up. See, what's the point of continuing on if everything is, is for naught? If we have no hope, no, no understanding of, of the future that Christ has won for us on the cross, it can be easy for us to lose sight and to just simply not want to go on anymore. If there's nothing beyond this life, if there's no hope for things ever being made right, then something like taking your own life can be seen as an escape, can be seen as a way to, to get, get out of the, the despair and the hopelessness we find ourselves in. And unfortunately, that... Taking One's Life is on the rise in this country. The New York Times uh, had an article dated last year in April showing that U.S. suicide rates are surging to a 30-year high. And I think one of the reasons for that, I'm not saying I understand that trend completely or understand what's going on there, but I believe one of the contributing factors is the loss of hope. People not being able to see beyond their current circumstances, not being able to see beyond this life, and to what Christ has, has ensured us and guaranteed us in the next for his children. And so we get lost in despair and we want to give up. Another side effect of being lost in despair is we may see, we may go to the place where we decide to live as we see fit instead of living for the Lord, instead of living as he desires for us to live. We believe that nothing or nobody will hold us accountable for our actions, and so therefore it doesn't matter how we live. If we lose focus on Christ and, and spending eternity with him, then, then it doesn't matter how we live our lives now. Right? We just do as we see fit. We do what we want to do without worrying about the consequences or the result of it in this life or the next. The book of Judges is a great example of the, the danger that this kind of mindset can bring about. In the book of Judges, you see this downward spiral within God's people because they continually rejected the Lord. They continually rejected him, and they, they always just did what was right in their own eyes instead of serving the Lord. And over and over again, they faced the consequences of those decisions. God would bring people about to, to rescue them, but as soon as that person is gone, they just go back to their old ways and their old habits. And the book of Judges concludes with this verse, this statement of of what I would describe as despair. In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as they saw fit. That was a sum, that's a summary of, of what the book of Judges describes and the danger of, of rejecting and, and losing hope that Christ has won for us. So we may decide to give up. We may decide to live as we see fit. But we also, when we are lost in despair, we begin to put hope in things that can't save us. And that's what we see in the opening verses of the passage that Maria read for us in Psalm 33, verses 16 through 17. It says, No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by the, his great strength. The horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all the great strength, it cannot save. See, we begin to put our hope in things that can't really save us. We, we begin to grasp at straws. We try to find meaning where no meaning is really to be found. 
When we lose hope, when we are lost in despair, we attempt to find meaning and purpose and satisfaction and even salvation in anything but God. How many of you ever said something like this? If, if only I had a little bit more money, I'd really be happy. If only I had a better job, then, I, then, then that would really bring me satisfaction. If only I had a different spouse or different children, then I'd really be happy. What we do when we say those things, when we make those kind of statements, is we're putting our hope in things that aren't God. We're putting our hope in things that ultimately won't satisfy us in the end. Jim Carrey, <laughs> he had a pretty wise statement here. He says, I wish, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. I think there's a lot of wisdom to that. We often put our hope and try to find meaning in things that ultimately aren't going to satisfy us. Instead, what we should be doing, instead what God calls us to do is to put our hope and our trust in him. Hope is a desire with expectation of obtainment or fulfillment. It's not just wishful thinking. It's confidence that the thing that's hoped for will come to pass. And Christian hope is unique because it's not based in ourselves and our own power. It's based in what God has done for us through Christ. It's based in his character. The psalm, open, psalm 33, talks about the righteous faithfulness of God, his unfailing love. And we can put our hope and our trust in God's character because he does not change. Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if God is faithful in the past, he'll be faithful in the future. If God was righteous and just in the past, he'll be righteous and just in the future. We can put our hope in that. Christian hope is unique because of the trustworthiness of his word as well. Psalm 33 also describes how God's word formed and sustains creation. His word accomplishes its purpose. Isaiah 55:11, God says, My word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. See, God's word does not return to him void. It is not what God purposes, what God says will happen, will happen. It's not dependent on, on our effort. It's not dependent on what we can do for him. We can put trust in him. We can have our hope in him because his word is trustworthy and sure. Second Timothy three sixteen seventeen also says that scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We can put confidence in his word as well. We can, Christian hope is unique also because of God's discerning purposes. God's purposes and plans will come to pass despite any opposition we may face in this life. Psalm 33, 9 through 11 describes how God thwarts the purposes of the nations so that his purposes may succeed. God's purpose and his will are not subject to decay or change. Technology today, we often suffers decay at an extraordinary rate, doesn't it? We get our cell phones, and, and before we're done paying for them, they're often no good to us anymore, right? The, the rate of, of decay and the rate of change in technology is so great that, that it hardly lasts a year or two before we need to replace it and get something new. But God's word does not change. God's word does not decay. All human power and strength and influence is bound to fail eventually and will have no lasting significance. How much of what we're doing now will really matter in a hundred years, much less a thousand years from now? 
But unlike our human endeavors, God and his word will endure forever and is therefore trustworthy. God also sees and knows every human heart. Not only will he, his plan succeed, but he can see into our hearts and he knows our motivations. There is no fooling him. We can see whether or not, he can see whether or not we're truly placing our hope in him or in something else. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. That's what he calls us to do. Not trust in ourselves, not hope in ourselves, but hope in him. So the question is, what is our hope? What is this future that God has, has ensured for us through Christ? It says in Psalm 33, 19, it says our hope is that he will deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. You see, we are spiritually dead because of sin, but we're made alive in Christ. Jesus' death and his resurrection, it gives us sure hope and confidence that on the day of judgment, as you and I stand before God, as we stand in judgment and have to give an account for the lives that we have lived. When God looks at me and he looks at you, he's not going to see our sin. He's not going to see our mistakes. We're not going to have to face judgment and face the penalty of our sin because Christ has already taken that upon himself. Instead, when God looks at you and when he looks at me, he's going to see the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness that Christ earned on our behalf through his perfect obedience, through his perfect faithfulness. When God looks at us, he'll see Christ. That's the hope that we have. The hope that one day we'll stand before God and be declared righteous because of what Christ has done for us. That we don't have to face eternity apart from Christ. We don't have to face eternal death because of what Christ has done for us. And praise God, because if it wasn't for that, if it weren't for the hope that we have in Christ, we would be lost in despair. None of us, myself included, would stand a chance to stand before God apart from what Christ has done for us. But because of what he's done, we can actually look forward to that day. Look forward to the day that we will stand before God because we know and have confidence that our sins will not be held against us. But we'll be able to stand before him with Christ's righteousness surrounding us. And so we will be delivered from death, but we will also be kept alive. Our hope is not only for the future, but for this life as well. God will sustain us by his spirit in this life. See, eternal life begins now. The moment we put our trust in Christ, he gives us eternal life. And so he gives us his spirit to encourage us, to strengthen us, to help us to live by faith. See, we're not just passing time in this life. What we do matters and has a has an impact in this life and for eternity. And so we want to live faithfully now, and he is able. It's his spirit living in us that helps us to do that. And so we have this hope from Christ for this life and for the next. And how do we do that? We put our hope in him by waiting on the Lord. In these last verses of Psalm 33, it describes three things that we can do. We can wait on the Lord that's not just twiddling our thumbs and biding time, but waiting with expectation that God's purposes will prevail, that we wait for his timing and not ours. See, we often want God to work on our time according to our plan, but waiting on him means that we will put our hope in him and not us. We'll trust that he knows what's best for us and that his timing is what we need to wait and that ultimately he'll give us the strength to wait on him. 
We're also called to have our hearts rejoice in the Lord, to take delight in him no matter what circumstances come our way. Philippians 4.4 4 says to rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Hope is a future expectation. It means that though things may not go be going well for us now, maybe life isn't what we expected it to be. We can have hope and sure confidence for our future. That God will love us. God will declare us righteous because of what Christ has done for us. So we're called to wait in him, we're called to rejoice, and we're also called to trust. Trust is actively believing that his promises are true, even if we don't see the evidence of it right now. We trust in him because of his character. It's not in his character to change or be unfaithful, and so therefore we can put our hope in him. That's why it's so important to know his word. We cannot trust something we don't know. And sometimes we even put our trust in things that he doesn't promise us, and that's a mistake as well. That's why it's so important to know him and to know his word so that we can put our hope in him and not in the things we want to believe about him. That makes sense. And so it's so important to trust his word, to know his word so that we can trust him even more. And so that brings me to to the fact that it's graduation Sunday today and we have several of our graduates here with us. So many graduation speeches focus on trusting and believing in yourself. And while this is important, It's not the whole picture. You cannot accomplish anything and everything you set your mind to. No matter how much I want to be, I'm not going to ever be a good of basketball players, LeBron James, no matter how hard I try. I'm never going to be able to play the organ like Kay or play the piano like Sharon. That's just never going to happen, no matter how many hours I dedicate to it. But I can be the person that God created me to be, and I can do what God created me to do. Our ultimate hope and purpose in this life is not found in ourselves. It's only found in Jesus Christ. So no matter what you decide to do, whether it be college, the workforce, or military, seek him out. Put your hope and trust in him. And when you're able to do that, there'll be no reason to despair, whatever your future may hold. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to not only remember uh, Memorial Day and those who, who have given so much for us, but also to celebrate these graduates we have with us today. Lord, I pray that we would all take to heart this message of hope, that, that through your death and resurrection, you have ensured us the promise of eternal life in you. And so, Lord, help us to trust in that. Help us to put our hope in that and not be lost to despair. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. As we close our service, we just want to acknowledge our other graduates that we have with us today. Um, I invite Michelle, Dylan, one of our elders, is going to come forward and help me with this. Um, we have some gifts and a card for you. So um, I'm going to read off all the names we have uh, to acknowledge all of them. But if you're with us today, we encourage you to just step forward. Uh, Michelle's got a gift for you, and then we'd love to pray for you uh, before we sing our closing song. So we have Lori, Laura Ketterheinrich, Corey Cook, Jaden Louth, and I am sorry if I'm mispronouncing your names. Shannon McCabe, Kendra Paul, Emma Field, Kenzie Schreer, Renee Schralicki, Sam Stone, and Nick Top. So I encourage you to, to stay up here. We'd love to pray for you. So if you could come after you get your gift, uh, just stay up here. We just pray for you, thanking God for bringing you this far and praying for whatever your future may hold as well. Well, let's let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for these graduates. We thank you for all of their accomplishments they've achieved so far in this life. 
And pray, Lord, that as they step into this new stage of life that you're calling them to, that you would bless them. Be with them, Lord. Uh, Guide their steps. And I pray that each one of them would be able to look to you for their hope and for purpose in this life. Help us not to rely on ourselves, but to look to you. Uh, Lord, in doing so, we will uh, have a great hope and assurance of what you have created us to do. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Um, In closing, we're going to sing In Christ Alone, which was this graduating class's confirmation song uh, a few years ago. So let's stand and sing In Christ Alone.
After the service, I'd encourage you to come forward and just congratulate our graduates as they have time to stick around and and just congratulate them on all that they've achieved. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thank you.